0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. We are broadcasting from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. I'm here with my name is Mike Kidrowski. And I'm here with the president of the Dickinson Catholic, uh, or the Trinity Catholic Schools in Dickinson. Mr. Steve Glazer, Welcome, Steve. Thank you so much for carving out some time. You're a busy, busy man, the busiest man in North well, America. It's kind North
1: of nice <laughs> uh, sitting in this nice, comfortable chair right now. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> just, you don't... Uh, spend some time with you and all the fine guests out there today. Yeah.
0: Uh, just to give you an example of how busy uh, Mr. Glazer is as the president of the Trinity Catholic Schools in Dickinson, I drove up about five minutes to seven... Mountain time, and uh, Steve was already here, and uh, he uh, went to his office at seven thirty. Believe it or not, uh, he attended a prom meeting—the planning of a prom—with the advisor, <laughs> and uh, so he is a busy man. So, Steve, when you say you get to sit down, I can I can appreciate what you're uh, what you're saying. Uh-huh. But Thank uh you, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, Steve Glazer uh... has been a friend of mine for over forty years we have written many uh... life chapters uh... together and uh... this is a, a new one for us being a co-host uh... for real presence radio and uh... again i thank you steve i'll put uh, that in my book okay. <laughs> okay um... well steve uh... i think we have a few minutes here uh... i think it would be good uh... for the uh... folks to uh... get to know you a little bit um, uh, you started at uh, Trinity Catholic Schools in two uh, in in 1986. Correct. Uh, right. I, I and uh, so could you kind of give us in uh, just a few minutes take us from 1986 when you arrived. You came from public school, answered the call to come to a Catholic school and teach, and uh, can you just uh, kind of give us a a, a brief. Uh, history of your career here.
1: Sure Uh, you know I think uh, we touched a little bit on this uh, I think this fall when I was on but uh, certainly a refresher course here and not to bore everybody but just real quickly uh, yeah I started my career as a teacher and a basketball coach in Beach North Dakota from 81 to 86. Uh, As Mike mentioned the calling uh, came my way to uh, be involved in in a Catholic school which was uh, certainly a life changer for me in many ways. So 1986, I came to Trinity, uh, was a, a junior high social studies teacher, uh, to coach girls and boys basketball, uh, both as a head and an assistant in, in certain years, but um, served in that role till about 2000 and then actually followed Mike in the called then the development office, So I left the classroom in the middle of the year at Christmas time and transitioned into the development office. Uh, Continued to coach till 2004. Uh, Remained in development work, uh, which I truly enjoyed, uh, till 2006. And then, uh, you know, life uh, things happen in life, and ended up uh, taking a hiatus from Trinity. Uh, for about eight years, Uh, was in the uh, higher education for uh, several years, about six years I guess, and then uh, actually got into banking at American Bank Center here in Dickinson for a few years and then uh, God came calling again and tapped me on the shoulder and uh, I came back uh, in uh, the winter of 2014 uh, to be the first president of the Trinity Catholic schools
0: indeed, and since uh, since your reign here as President, uh, Trinity has uh, taken on uh, many many different challenges that was presented to them. Uh, one was the uh, two thousand and fourteen the uh, the fire that uh, destroyed most of our school, and then you were the president at the time and uh, so you virtually led uh, all many, many different committees to uh, uh, build this uh, new school that we have here today. And uh, then uh, you went through an accreditation process, which was uh, outstanding. And so can you uh, just talk about uh, the accreditation maybe just for a minute?
1: Well, certainly it's important uh, you know, for uh, all schools, but uh, you know, I, I think uh, uh, kind of a myth where you know, people, you do not have to be accredited. You have to be approved, mm-hmm. and there's a big difference there, but certainly it's uh, it's a great process to go through accreditation. Uh, it, it makes you really take a look at yourself uh, as a school in all areas mm-hmm. and uh, very intense. Uh, a lot of people spent a lot of time, and uh, you know we, we went through the process and we were granted uh, accreditation which is uh, you know, just really good for our school that shows that uh, you know, we do a lot of good things here, mm-hmm. but it shows some things that we needed to improve on. Mm-hmm. And we've really concentrated in those areas and I think because of that process, you know, we continue to uh, be the best school that we can be.
0: Indeed. Uh, you're listening uh, this morning uh, to Mr. Mr. Steve Glazer. And uh, he is the president of the Trinity Catholic Schools here in Dickinson. And uh, Steve, uh, in uh, in about six weeks, uh, will be the end of school. And uh, you have a new chapter that you're writing in your life, and uh, you know that's uh, a bittersweet feeling. I know, knowing you the way I do, it's uh, it's bittersweet, and uh, it's uh, uh, you're heading into
1: a retirement chapter, Steve. Uh, yes, I am, Mike. Uh, uh-huh. It certainly is. Uh extremely bittersweet, but uh, I feel good about, uh, number one, where Trinity is. Um, You know, uh, one of my mentors, um, Paul Steffes, Uh who I greatly respect, uh, told me, you know, uh, well, seven years ago when I started as president, it takes seven years to develop and implement change. And we've we've done a lot of that over seven years, and this is my seventh year.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: So I think it's a good time to uh, turn the keys over to a new leader.
0: Uh, Steve, thank you very much for your service to the Dickinson Catholic Schools now over I don't know four or five decades, and and uh, uh, all the best to you and your new chapter. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, uh, Real Presence Live, we're broadcasting this morning from Trinity. High School in Dickinson, North Dakota, the western edge of the good state of North Dakota. We're set up uh, in the commons area of Trinity High School. And thank you again, Steve, for the invitation to set up our portable studio right here in your school.
1: You're certainly welcome.
0: And uh, folks, uh, right now we have uh, the international known speaker on, on the phone, Uh, about our Catholic faith. He speaks internationally. He's been a guest on our radio uh, many times uh, on Real Presence Live. And I just want to give a great big welcome to Mr. Steve Ray. Good morning and welcome, Steve.
2: Well, thank you, Mike. I'm happy to be here, and I'm a great supporter and lover of Catholic schools, so I'm all with you. I wish I was sitting there with you in person, but uh, I'm here you're, in Michigan, so you're, glad to be with you today. Good
0: morning, Steve. Good morning. I, I, I was just going to ask you where you're calling from. So in Michigan, uh, do you have spring weather there, Steve?
2: It, it's getting there, yes, and uh, normally I'm not in Michigan, but because of this whole lockdown kind of thing we're stuck in Michigan for a year but normally I'd be talking to you probably from Jerusalem or Rome or uh from Ephesus or something but uh today I'm home in Michigan and getting a lot done.
0: I see. Yes, I read uh I read your conversion story last evening and uh gee, what an outstanding story you have there. Uh and maybe we could uh, we we have to talk about that but gee, we have a subject here that uh I believe you and uh, monsignor schumacher have been talking about uh in previous shows and you know uh steve uh steve glaser and i don't have the wisdom of monsignor schumacher but <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> we will we do we will do the best we can in uh uh, uh helping you through your your subject here this or morning we
2: can talk about whatever you want if you want to talk about something else that's fine with me but uh what, what we've been doing is uh with monsignor schumacher is, right I, I wrote a book on the creed it's called the catholic faith an introduction to the creed and so we're going through the creed kind of line by line or clause by clause and discussing how they apply to us so uh, right but I, i'd be happy to do my conversion story or discuss this with you whatever you're comfortable with
0: well i think uh I- you, you know, the uh, the Convergence story, could you just spend a couple minutes on that, uh, Steve? That, that's sure. a great story, please.
2: Well, I, I was born and raised a Baptist. In fact, uh, my mom is 99 and a half years old. I went and visited her yesterday. And uh, she, in 1950s, my dad and her uh, heard Billy Graham, and my mom said she fell on her knees and dropped her keys and everything on the floor and started to cry in, in Detroit, Michigan, and asked asked God to save her, like that man on the radio just said, and he was the Reverend Billy Graham, and my mom and dad became Christians that day, and they became Baptist Christians, so I was born a year later, and I was raised to uh, to be a good Baptist kid, but also to, uh, to uh, equal to that that Catholics are going to hell, and that I needed to, as a good Bible believer, get them saved so the whole time I was raised until i was thirty nine years old, basically, I was an evangelist and a Bible teacher and did everything I could to bring Catholics to the real gospel, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, and to wrap that all up shortly, when I was 39 years old, I started to realize the big problems within Protestantism, which should really be uh, pronounced Protestants. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, my wife and I almost um, became agnostics, because uh, when I do give my talk, it's an hour, hour and a half long at conferences and on my pilgrimage buses and so on. And I explain all those things that were about Protestantism that caused us to really question our whole tradition and heritage as evangelical Protestants. One of them was what is worship. What's the final source of authority to us? It was Bible alone, but it was obviously that that couldn't work. And also how many churches did Jesus start, and mm-hmm. what basis of morality is there? Because even in Protestant churches you can find all kinds of different ideas on what morality is. And So uh, we became almost to that point agnostic until a friend mm-hmm. of mine converted to the Catholic Church named Al Cresta. Oh you yeah. know him from Catholic Radio. We've been best friends since 1983. And so for 12 years, we were evangelical buddies, homeschooled our kids together. Our families spent a lot of time together. And one day in 1993, he dropped the bomb on us and said, Steve, my wife and I are going to go back and, and go back to the Catholic Church. My response was, "El, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You are way too smart to be a Catholic. What in the world are you thinking going to the traditions of men? Well, I, I started to try to prove him wrong. My wife and I were intrigued by this, and so I, I figured the best way to do that was to go back and prove to L that the early Christians, the very first Christians, were actually really Protestant, and they didn't get corrupted with Catholic ideas until in the Middle Ages, so to speak, at the time, like the whole idea of a pope and veneration of mm-hmm. Mary and, you know, something mm-hmm. magical happening on the altar where bread becomes the body All those things just seem so... Foreign to us. So we were going to go back and show him that the early Christians didn't believe any of that, that they were really Protestant, and then we could convince him to come back. Well, the more I read Ignatius of Antioch, Clement of Rome, Polycarp of Smyrna, Justin Martyr, all these guys from the first two centuries, I was rather shaken by that Uh and, in a way, terrified because I was not finding what I expected to find. I couldn't find any of my favorite Protestant doctrines there. What I found was Catholicism, and I. But at the same time, Mike and Steve, I was um, always a rebel as I grew up. I, I kind mm-hmm. of countercultural. I didn't follow the crowd. I usually found the crowd you know, was going in the wrong direction. And I realized with my wife, I said, "You know, to go along with kind of my countercultural." mentality. I said, there's no way I can be more countercultural than to become a real authentic Catholic. Mm -hmm. Well, we, in 1994, on January 1st, we were reading our books and thinking through this thing. We always have done everything together, my wife and I. We got married young, married 45 years this year. Congratulations,
0: Steve. Well, thank
2: you. And 18 grandkids.
1: Oh, Oh, wow. Wonderful.
2: Yeah, it's delightful. And all great Catholics, too. I mean, it's just it's, it couldn't be happening. Wonderful. <laughs> and when that day, when I was reading everything um, about the, the uh, Catholic Church, and I was listening to a couple conversion stories, and all of a sudden, about two in the afternoon, I I just closed my books and I sat on the floor and I started to cry. And I don't just cry, you know. That's not my uh, my macho nature. <laughs> but my wife looked over and she said, "Steve, what's wrong?" And I said, "Janet, nothing's wrong. I just realized I'm a." I'm a Catholic. <laughs> and uh, she said to me, she said, oh, good grief. Um, but the next day she said the same thing. We we call... Am I talking too much here?
0: No, you go right ahead. I'm, okay, I'm listening. Well, and you
2: know, Father Monsignor Schumacher and I can pick up on the other topic next
0: time. Yeah. Well, we we have a few uh, a few minutes to... Uh, just a couple minutes to break here, uh Steve. But uh, thank you for that story. Uh, we really do appreciate that, uh, you know, the, the, the conversion story of, of yourself and Al Cresta uh, just great stories to tell. So thank you for taking time uh, on our special request to tell that story, and we, well, appreciate, you're we appreciate it very much. And so um, we have a few more minutes till break, but let's, let's get into the series that you and Monsignor Schumacher started. Okay. Uh, this this is a series. This is the third series about the creed, and uh, you, you know some of the talking points include God the Son creates, and through Him all things were made. Can you kind of tie those dots together for us, uh, Steve?
2: Yes. The the whole creed is defending mainly the Trinity because the Trinity is always a sticky point, and it is the foundation for everything. Everything is explained by the Trinity because the Trinity is the source of everything. And so we discuss God the Father, and then we discuss uh, the Son and His eternal divinity. The Son was not created. He was not... uh, There was never a time when He was not. The Son was from all of eternity with the Father Mm and the Holy Spirit in this loving uh, three persons in the Trinity. And so the the, uh, one talk we did last time was about his divinity and then this time we just chose the line through him all things were made because it's kind of the coup de grace it's the final statement in order to create everything he has to be god and this is what the creed is saying that and it was through him that all things were created. That's what John, uh, the first uh, verses of John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Colossians tells us the same thing, in Him all things were created, visible and invisible. Everything in heaven and earth, they were created by the Son, by Jesus. And this is really a powerful statement, because there have been, through history, those who said that Jesus was really a created being. The Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons tend to do that. And there was a priest named Arius, a bad guy in the first centuries, called, mm-hmm. and he had a heresy called Arianism. And he said there was a time when Christ was not. And there were times where more than half of the Eastern Church followed that teaching. And this is why the creed was so important, because... It, oh, you ready to break?
0: No, we got uh, uh, two more minutes, Steve, so go ahead and finish that thought. You stop me whenever. I'd
2: talk all day if (laughs) you (laughs)
0: want. You stop me whenever. Finish finish that thought, and then we'll go to break. Okay.
2: So, if it couldn't have been. That if God created, Jesus created all things, and that means he himself was not created. So he's been in eternal existence with the Father. In fact, that's why we were created. It's, uh, he created all things. But why did he make us? Because I think the Trinity had so much fun in heaven. They loved each other so much. They had so much joy and love and happiness that it just bubbled over. And they said, you know what, this is so much fun. We've got to create creatures like us to enjoy it with us. And that's why you and I were made. We were made because God is having so much fun and love among the Trinity. He wanted to create us that we could share it with him. And the Catechism even says that. So he created all things. When God said, let there be light, when he said, that's his word. And Jesus is the Word. So the Word, when he says God said, that is his Word, Jesus, that actually does the creation.
0: Outstanding, Steve. Outstanding. This is uh, very, very interesting. Uh, as, um, if you're just joining us uh, this morning, we were visiting with Steve Ray uh, from uh, the uh, portable studios of Real Presidents Radio from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. We have to go to break right now, but when we will return... We'll continue unpacking the Creed with Steve Ray. Uh, Don't go away. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Yes, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, and I'm here with uh, our co-hosts for this morning. Mr. Steve Glazer, the president of the uh, Trinity Catholic Schools in Dickinson. Well, Good to Steve, be here, Mike. Yes, yeah, Steve. We've been talking about a lot of heavy topics here we this have. morning. Bishop Kagan and Roman Martyrology. Now <laughs> Steve Ray, the international Steve Ray, talking about the Holy Trinity and... Uh, uh, Steve Ray, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you, you know your knowledge, your of theology and uh, scripture. Uh, you're a scripture scholar, and we just appreciate you having having you on. Real presence, live here this morning. So thank you for uh, being with us, Steve.
2: Oh, I'm welcome. You're welcome. I I love both uh, Catholic schools, which I know you're supporting right now, and also Catholic radio, which. I think it's the most important thing that's happening in our country right now, because it's a a unifying factor for all of us, and it's getting the message out where we're not getting the the truth out in other news uh, outlets. But here in Catholic Radio, you guys are doing Uh, it, so I'm uh, behind you 100%.
0: Yeah, thanks for believing in us, Steve. And and, uh, folks, let's continue to unpack the creed with Steve Ray this morning. And, uh, we, Steve, we've been talking about the three persons of the Holy Trinity, and you are going to discuss now the involvement of the Trinity, the three persons in creation and also resurrection. It's it's all yours, Steve. Go right ahead.
2: Well, thank you. Well, the, the three persons of the Trinity, all of reality is defined by them because they are existence. Frankly, they are existence. All of our creation is a is their handiwork, so to speak. And the Book of Romans says that we can understand things about God by looking at his works, just like you can understand a lot about Beethoven or or Bach or Mozart by listening to their music. So it says that God is a poet, actually. It says by his poema you can see a lot of things about him. And so all three of them are involved in creation. They don't work independently of each other. This is the beauty of this. The Trinitarian family, so to speak, they do everything together. The Father, it says, created. He's the source of all things. But the Word of God, Jesus, who's the second person, is the Word spoken. So when it says God said, what it really is saying that is God, the Son, from the Father, did it. That he's the Word. He's the actual love dynamic power, so to speak. But then we see also in the first two verses of Genesis, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. It's called the Ruach, the wind. It's the word for spirit. So you have the Father creating, the Son being the Word that's actually doing it through him, and the Spirit is hovering over the water. So you have all three of them there at the moment of creation. They said, okay, let's do it. Boom, then they, uh, creation came about. You also, we could see the same... And and you see that that same creative power, I should mention, in in Jesus, even on the earth, where he can control the wind and the seas, he can heal, a withered hand grows back, a dead person raises from the dead, he forgives sins, multiplies loaves and fish, walks on water. He, He is explaining again and proving his divinity here on earth by doing things only the original creator could have done. And so that, but then another interesting thing is, is that even in the resurrection, which we celebrate this week, we're still celebrating Easter, but last Sunday was the pinnacle of that and the resurrection. Even here, we see all three of them involved. It's not just God, the father who raised his son or the Holy spirit, but all three are involved. Jesus said, I will destroy this temple, meaning his body. And in three days, I will raise it up. In other words, I am the one who will raise my dead body up. And he spoke of the temple of his body. So there we have Jesus involved in his own resurrection. But then it says, Paul, says, if you confess with your lips Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So God the Father raised him from the dead. And Romans 8, it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So here we see Paul telling us that it was the spirit that, Dove that floated over the waters in Genesis 1 is now still doing things in the earth now, hovering over that dead body and bringing it back to life. So all three of them were, and as we celebrate Easter this week, we can remember that all three of them were there involved in the whole work of redemption and in bringing that dead body back to life again.
0: Yes, very good, uh, Steve Ray. This is uh, wonderful stuff, and thank you very much, uh, uh, again, for that explanation. So uh, <clears throat> I'm thinking of the uh, listeners out there uh, uh, trying to comprehend, you know, the three persons of the Trinity and the three of them all being involved with this uh, uh, this process since the beginning of time, Steve. And so uh, that, that's, it, it's been uh, such uh, an insightful conversation uh, so far. So let's, let's go on, to, uh, Steve, to uh, some of your other talking points that here that uh, we've been uh, looking at here. And we were talking about how about, uh, was each person of the Trinity involved? Well, we talked about that. What are some of the miracles in the Gospel that demonstrate the Son's creative powers? Maybe you could uh, talk about that.
2: Well, this is an interesting thing because I, I, Jesus says to a man, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the scribes who were always opposing him said, Who are you to forgive sins which can be done by God alone? And Jesus said, Okay, then I'll do something that only God could do. And you tell me which is easier, to do this thing which only God could do? or to forgive sins, which also only God can do. And since I'm God, I can do both of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, it would be very difficult to be a Pharisee in those days trying to argue against Jesus, because he was a master debater. <laughs> and, it, and it does help that he is God, but he's still a good debater anyway. But he, then he tells the man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand, and the withered hand grew back. Or the man that was blind go wash in the pool, and his eyes he could see again. Who can do that but God? Who can do those kind of miracles, raising from the dead? People looked, and they just they can't believe it. And many of them did believe in him through that. And we know that even the book of Acts tells us that many of the priests believed after they saw Jesus and, and realized the resurrection had taken place. So when he says to them, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to take up your pallet and walk to a man who is, who has been unable to walk with withered legs for his whole life, he then does a miracle which shows that he is God and has that power. And it was all told in the Old Testament. It said, the prophet Isaiah said that when the Messiah comes, he will give sight to the blind, the the lame shall walk, and all this. And so now Jesus is saying, do you remember your own book? Do you remember your own book that said this? So here I am God, and yes, because I proved I'm God, I can also forgive this man's sin. So Jesus did all of these things that were controlling of nature, that nature was under his control. And it would be very hard to argue against that.
0: Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us this morning, you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're set up here at Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota, the western edge of the great state of North Dakota. We're set up here in the Fisher Commons area at Trinity High School. My name is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Development for Real Presence Radio, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Mr. Steve Glazer, the President of Trinity Catholic Schools. And uh, so far, Steve Glazer uh, today has been... Uh, a jam packed day of very, very in depth insight into our Catholic faith with Bishop Kagan talking about Roman martyrology and now Steve Ray unpacking the Creed and talking about uh, the three persons of the Holy Trinity.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, very interesting and very enlightening. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Learning a lot today. I'm,
0: I'm seeing you got about five pages of notes there, Steve, so <laughs> uh, good for you. Uh, well, Steve, let's let's continue this discussion. Um, you know, this is a, a third part of a series that you have uh, been on with us on Real Presence Live, unpacking the Creed, which is so very important to our Catholic faith.
2: Yep, it's uh, it is so important. We're, the next week, we're going to talk about Jesus becoming incarnate, of Him coming down. That the majority of the Creed is centered on jesus because at that moment in history during those first centuries that's where all of the misunderstanding and the heresies took place creeds are usually developed in response to heresy because the early church believed the trinity they believed all these things but when heretics came along and tried to add to or change it the the general idea or it needed to be more clearly defined to avoid confusion than it was and in Nicaea, which is in Iz- Izmir, Turkey. I'm going to be taking a group to Turkey, by the way, in um, August. So if anybody yeah. wants to go see Turkey. And, and they came up with in Nicaea. That's why we call it the Nicene Creed that we sell say. That mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was to clarify, because there, we don't want any confusion about Jesus and who the second person of the Trinity was. Was he all God and all man or some kind of a mixture of the two? What, what was he? So that's what the creed is doing as it's giving. And the beauty of it is is that even if you can't read, even if you can't write, even if you're not a theologian, you memorize this short creed, which anybody can do, and you've got okay. the whole summation of the faith right Steve,
0: there. Steve, we got about one minute left. Uh, please yes. uh, go ahead and plug your pilgrimages that you have oh. organized to Florida, you mentioned to Turkey, so go right ahead.
2: Well, thank you very much. Yes, we've been grounded for a while, so we're back in the air again. And at the end of this month, and it's not too late to sign up. We're going to Saint Augustine, Florida, for four days with a great group of people, and Father Frank Pavone is going to join us.
0: Wonderful priest for
2: life. And um, it, it's where Catholicism first came to America. We're going to celebrate Mass, where the first Mass was ever celebrated. We renew our baptismal vows there. Wonderful. And we're going to study the beginning of Catholicism. We're also in uh, July. We're going to Wisconsin to three national shrines there. And Cardinal Raymond Burke is going to join us in Wisconsin. and We're going to uh, dedicate ourselves to Joseph at the National Shrine of St. Joseph. Oh, wonderful. So that, uh, all of this you can find at CatholicConvert.com. My website. Very good. Catholic
0: uh, Steve Ray... Uh, uh, is our guest. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, we, we are coming up on a hard break, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next, uh, we'll be talking to Brandon Cannell from uh, Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. Don't go away. Thank you very much. Stay tuned.